This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, the aliens? This is EJ Stewart, and you're listening to the best of the DA show on a Trash Tuesday. Coming at you right now. Happy Tuesday to you, North America. The mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour black hole block party. DA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta, Peoria to Pittsburgh, Kalamazoo, and Waterloo are on the air. They listening, D.A., everything we saying, D.A., everything. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. It's a Trash Tuesday, which means we are taking out the trash. What is it that's bugging you? What is it that's bothering you? We will read through those tweets and take your phone calls all morning long. The tweets can come in, DA on CBS is the handle, or on the phones, here's your phone number for what is stuck in your craw, football or otherwise, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. This morning here on the show, our old friend Brian Jones, who used to occupy this space, mornings here on CBS Sports Radio a number of years ago with Gio and Jones. He's, of course, a member of the college football team on CBS. He's going to join us to talk a little college ball Saturdays coming up here. Hour number four. This hour, we've got sound check in 20 minutes and in 40 minutes, Tyree Kill claims Patriots fans are the worst in the NFL. Is he accurate? That's coming up this hour here on the program. Next hour, we'll get to our trashes. Last night, doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Not a true doubleheader because it wasn't one after the other. They were kind of simultaneous, separated by just one hour of kickoff time. Early one was Saints and Panthers. Late one was Browns and Steelers. Browns and Steelers had most of the country's attention because of how the Browns began their season with the big win over the Bengals. And, of course, anytime the Steelers are on TV, a lot of national fans are all spread across the country, but also a Steelers team that needed to get off the schneid the way that they played poorly against the 49ers a week ago. Last night was all about defense. From the Steel Curtain to Blitzburg to now the current team, Steelers have always been built on defense, as we know, and last night was no difference. They got a pick six, a scoop and score, a series of sacks and tackles for losses. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and company were all over the place, and it equated to a Steelers victory. Deshaun Watson did not have a great night. Combine that with the injury to Nick Chubb. And that was a night that the Browns would soon forget. Let's talk about this. How far can the Steelers' defense carry Pittsburgh? It is where we begin. You're cold open. 
It's Watson in the gun from his 25. First down and 10. Looks at a four-man front. There's the shotgun snap. Three-step drop goes. And the ball deflected in on the ricochet. It is intercepted. Picked off by Highsmith down the sideline. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. A pick six for the Steelers on the first play of the game. You're not going to win games turnover four times. Just not. Um, so that was the frustrating part. Um, we didn't play well enough as a team to win the game. Um, doesn't mean the guys didn't fight. Doesn't mean it was great. wasn't great effort. It was. Uh, but we just did too many things that, that's, that contributes to losing. Watson under center. Steelers showing blitz. Long count. Play action fake. He's back. There's and the ball is out. And the Steelers yes. pick it up. And that's T.J. Watt running for the end zone. Steelers with the touchdown. Oh, it was awesome. We we knew, we looked at each other before the play and knew it was play pass. So we knew exactly what the play was going to be. And it was Alex who caused play, the fumble. Flame off the edge, caused the fumble. It was just in the right area at the right time, was able to scoop it and score and the place went nuts. It probably always is a major component when these two groups come together. There's familiarity and, you know, kind of our edge guys have, have, you know, done what they did tonight, to be quite honest with you, um, in the history of this series or in the recent history of this series. Um, and it doesn't mean that we, we take their efforts for granted, um, but we need it, we expect it, um, and they delivered. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. Your audio there is Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio. TJ Watt via ESPN and Mike Tomlin after the win. I thought it was appropriate that the Steelers' scores, their defensive scores, bookended the scoring. First play from scrimmage was the bobble on the near sideline. And that led to the pick six from Alex Highsmith. And what a player he is for that Steelers defense. And that leads off the scoring. That's 7-0. And then in the fourth quarter, the Browns actually lead 22-19 when T.J. Watt gets that scoop and score after the sack of Deshaun Watson. Brings that back 16 yards to the house. That's the only scoring in the fourth quarter. And Pittsburgh goes on to win 26-22. So the night began with a big defensive play and a score by the Steelers, and it ended the same way. And in between, I mean, look at these numbers. They had six sacks of Deshaun Watson. They had four forced fumbles, and they had nine tackles for loss. This is going to end up being, I think, the recipe for the Steelers the rest of the way. They got the one big play 71 yards from Pickens, And I think that's what you're looking at. You're looking at mostly a lot of pound the rock with Najee, a lot of Kenny Pickett, don't make mistakes. You wait for one or two big plays a game from your offense, but your defense is going to have to carry the day because we just still have not seen, besides the one big play from Pickens last night, really smooth offensive efficiency through two games for the Steelers. And let's face it, Kenny Pickett at times looks like a very mediocre quarterback. And this was year two. This is supposed to be where he started to really flourish. And it, it hasn't really happened over the first two games. Now, to be fair, he faced two very good defenses. The Niners, obviously, in week number one, could be one of the best defenses in football. And the Browns certainly have that capability as well. So I'm going to give him a pass until we see him a little bit deeper into the season with a different strata of defense. But 
This this was a defensive win in every way, shape, and form. They kicked a bunch of field goals. And I think for the Steelers, look, you can win games this way in the NFL. You can get yourself to the playoffs this way if your defense is this good. You can't count on your defense scoring every game, but you can count on a good pass rush, good play, solid top to bottom, good outside linebacker play, and the Steelers have always kind of had that as their backbone. The issue is getting to the playoffs is one thing. Beyond the playoffs, deep into the playoffs is another. And you need explosive play from your offense unless you have a historically great defense, and those are few and far between. So I think it's a good night for Pittsburgh. It's a throwback night for the Steelers. It's a throwback night because they win on the backs of their defense. But it's it's a recipe that unfortunately can only get you so far unless Pickett and the offense really picks up their end of the bargain. Either way, though, rivalry game. We know that the Steelers just crush on Monday Night Football. The Steelers have traditionally crushed the Browns. More of the same last night. They needed that to avoid dropping to 0-2. Steelers get the win last night at formerly Heinz Field, now at Shore Stadium. All right. On the Brown side of things, the big story from last night is clearly Nick Chubb and we can bring down the music because this was not a, a happy moment last night as Nick Chubb's knee gets bent the wrong way. It is so it is so ugly that ESPN does not show the replays, but they showed it once inside the stadium, and you could hear the moans, the gasps, the oh, when the Jumbotron showed Chubb's knee go the wrong way. After the game, Stefanski said... It's a major injury. He did not specify what ligaments were ripped, but it happened. He said they need an MRI first, but Nick Chubb's out for the season. And this is particularly devastating from a football standpoint because obviously the the Browns count on Nick Chubb as one of the best running backs in football to be their bell cow. Secondly, this was the knee that Nick Chubb ripped up back in college. So... Who knows what that looks like moving forward? And everybody, I mean, everybody that has ever been around Nick Chubb has just loved him, that he's as cool and as smart and as professional and as pleasant as you are going to find, that Chubb is just the best of the NFL players in terms of work ethic and attitude and how he deals with people and everything. So it's it's specifically really a bummer to see that last night. And, you know, Chubb is 27 years old. He'll be 28 in December. So he'll be coming into his year 28 season next year. And that is traditionally when running backs tend to fall off. And he's going to have to do it coming off a major knee injury. MCL, PCL, ACL, combination of the three, we'll see. But that's really devastating. And this is a guy that's run for 1,000 yards four different times the last four seasons, made four Pro Bowls, and has just been a huge part of the Browns and one of the best running backs in football, and and he's going to be done. Now, bright side is that Ford ran really well last night, that Jerome Ford picked up the slack. He had 16 carries for a buck six after Chubb went down and had a 69-yarder. He hit the hole. He ran with physicality. He was he was really good. He was really excellent. 
you know, so there's there's two sides of this story. One is you just you hate everybody hates to see players go down to injury, but specifically somebody who's so well regarded as Nick Chubb is really brutal. But it is the cold hard business of the NFL, next man up, and an injury just opens up the door for somebody else. Ford might be very good in this role. This is why, and I, I don't mean to be crass or cold here, but this is why NFL executives do not pay running backs as well. And that is because it's a very painful physical position, so injuries are bound to happen. And if they do happen like this, you just have to have the next guy ready to go. And you just can't count on your bell cow to get through the entire season unscathed, so you have to have somebody else. So teams end up splitting their finances between multiple guys or... When one guy gets older, they say, nah, I don't I don't think we're going to pay him another contract because he'll get hurt and we'll have to just push the next guy in or he'll be used up and we've got to push the next guy in. And the next guy has oftentimes, in many scenarios, been pretty productive. So, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing that there's running backs that seem to step in like a Jerome Ford and I don't want to say it's 100% of Nick Nick Chubb, but let's just say it's 85% of Nick Chubb, then teams go, well, you know, there's guys that can just step in and do that right away. The Chubb thing is tough, too, because of the offseason. He was the one asked, what do you think about all these running backs not getting their money? And he was like, look, I, I feel terrible. I've got my money right now, but it's just kind of where we are. I don't know how to fix it. And now here is Chubb dealing with the injury. It is why, obviously, running backs want to be paid, and it is why front offices don't want to pay them. It's both just wrapped up in this game and that play. So Chubb is done for the season. Tough for the Browns, and it's tough for the Browns because Deshaun Watson still isn't what he once was. And it's still early in the season. Watson was good enough to get the easy victory over Cincy, but last night, Watson wasn't very good. You know, there's a couple of plays in there where Deshaun Watson so, shows his strength and his ability within the offense to to make some better plays than previous Browns quarterbacks, but there's some moments in there where he looks completely pedestrian. And if you're a Browns fan today and you wake up and go, I don't, I don't really know if I trust Deshaun Watson making us much better than we were before him, I don't blame you. More on this game as we make our way through the morning. Steelers get the victory 26-22. Also had the other one at the same time as the Saints get the victory over the Panthers. Bryce Young looking like a rookie. The Saints defense, two really good starts of the season in the games that they've played. Not sure that that's indicative of a great defense yet. You know, we'll see. But the Saints are a better team than the the Panthers. They got the win last night, and the defense really carried the day for New Orleans. When we come back here on the show, we've got Soundcheck, your best audio of the day. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Welcome back, everybody. DA with you here on a Trash Tuesday. You can always listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as Sirius XM Channel 158. 
Let's begin with Mookie Betts and Julio Rodriguez as Mookie Betts hosts the On Base with Mookie Betts podcasts. Now, these two guys talking about home run celebrations and comparing them to an iconic video game. Here they are. I'm all in on celebrating. When you're able to do something good in the toughest sport in the history of the universe, man, you got to be able to celebrate. Maybe we should come up because like Jazz doing the, the Euro step, right? Ozuna when he took a picture down the third baseline. Tatis when he does a little shuffle thing around third base, right? In the video games, Mortal Kombat, you ever played Mortal Kombat? Yeah, of course. Finish it. Fatality. You know the fatality. It's like, you know, you know who you're picking, you know the finishing move, right? And so maybe that's kind of what how we should view it. Castillo's when he, that's like his finishing move, right? I'm I'm going to try and come up with a signature or something. I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> we'll see. I love that idea. I love it. I love the bat flip or the home run celebration being a signature celebration. I love it. I always thought that football players blow a beautiful marketing opportunity by not having consistent touchdown celebrations. I mean, just think, if we go back to the 70s and 80s, Billy White Shoes Johnson doing the funky chick into the end zone, that was the signature, right? Desmond Howard does it once, once after a punt return, doing the Heisman, and everybody does that to him every time they see him. He's known for that forever. There's a few guys like Jalen Waddles, Waddle, smart, but mostly everybody does something different when they get into the end zone. The discount double check thing from you know Aaron Rodgers became a signature. Guys should decide this in college and say, this is what I'm going to do every time I hit the end zone so that I'm marketable in this way. People know that this is my celebration. And in baseball, same exact way. I love this idea. Have a signature finishing move. Have this. Yes. Sorry, and D, I was just going to say, think about what we've seen with the gritty for Jamar Chase and for Justin Jefferson. Those guys have kind of really created it their own, and people look forward to it when they score touchdowns. So in baseball, I think it would make sense for these guys to take advantage of that. Totally. Now, those two guys, is the gritty the only thing that they do, or do they just kind of jump on the gritty when it was it was hot? Well, I mean, I think they kind of popularize it if that's the way to say that word um yeah they kind of popularized it i think it was it was a dance people were doing but once they started doing it now everybody does it and you know when those guys score touchdowns people look forward to them totally. doing this so yes. like i think if people could find other dances that are kind of under the radar that maybe the mainstream world doesn't know they can kind of latch it and make it their own that'd be great those guys of course started that at lsu so just like you were saying starting in college uh worked for them because now justin jefferson can be seen gritting all over madden if you play madden 24 um in the commercials in the video game like he's definitely made it his own yeah and i mean people were looking forward to gaseki doing a bad gritty so this can definitely work in baseball. It could absolutely work in baseball. If you do, oh, when that dude hits a home run, he's going to do this, and then kids mimic that, you know, on the playground or whatever, or in the backyard. I think it's a great idea. I really do. Let's listen in on Russell Westbrook as he sticks up for Kavon Looney at an open run. This is v- this is this audio via Rico Hines basketball. Lou, you got something today, please? Hey, you're a champ. Yeah, he, he won't. Last not eight years, he ain't said nothing. Listen up. Listen up. Very important, man. He's in the league a long time for a reason, huh? Because he's super athletic, all these crazy tricks and shit, but he do his job, man. Do his job every night. He'll tell you, though. He know. He know he do his job every night. Good. Uh, I've been all week. We've been playing since Monday. Going hard every day. Uh, 
know, just want to say, uh, continue to work on your game and, you know, find out what you're great at. You know, uh, everybody's trying to add too much to that game. Just focus on one thing where you become really good at and hold on to that and, and make a big difference. All right, so EJ, explain this one to me. Who is the first voice speaking? Who's the second voice speaking? So Rico Hines, he's known to do these open runs. I think he's also now assistant coach for the Sixers in L.A. and a lot of NBA players, they all show up to these open runs and they get working. And Rico Hines is one of the bigger guys who does it. And he's the one saying, hey, we're going to have these players talk to some of these young guys because there are a lot of young players there. Some guys, fringe NBA players are guys that are, you know, second or third year players. And he wants to have Kevon Looney speak. And you hear him, he says, Kevon hasn't said nothing in eight years. <laughs> As you see him with the Warriors, he doesn't <laughs> talk very much. And right as he's about to speak, you have Russell Westbrook saying, Shh, everybody be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Listen to this guy. He's great. I mean, he's unathletic or, you know, he can't do a lot of cool stuff, but he's good. I'm telling you guys, listen up. I'm just, it's a very, very interesting way to praise Kevon Looney. He doesn't speak. Uh, he's unathletic and he doesn't do anything cool. <laughs> he's got no signature dance. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So is this, can we, is this admirable from Russell Westbrook or is this questionable leadership yet again from him? I just feel like for me, it's it just, I, I think it's, it's, it's him. That's it, that's what I can say. It's the most authentic, I think, Russell Westbrook is. Okay. He's very in your face. Um, he is, by all accounts, a great teammate, but he's also super honest and super raw. And that's him <laughs> saying, hey, like, I admire this guy, but it's not for anything he really does that's cool or exciting, but you should listen to him. Right. And I think that's, so, that's, at the end of the day, that's who Russell Westbrook is. It's Russ being honest to a fault here. Right. <laughs> okay, got it. And finally, let's listen to Matthew Judon, who this is from his Instagram. He actually finds a wallet on the side of the highway after his teammate left the wallet on the top of a car. Here's Judon. Good story time, baby. So Marcus has a dumb ass. He put my wallet on the top of a car. Good old air tag saved me, though. <laughs> I was almost at work. I had to come back and track it down. Judon has been a pro bowler the last four years. He's with the Patriots. And this is why it makes no sense that we can't find the F-35 or that we couldn't find the F-35. It's because there's an air tag in Matthew Judon's wallet or a wallet. But there's no air tag to track an F-35. I mean, what are we doing here? It's 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 really bizarre. <laughs> That's the case. And I, I love, first of all, that he just you know completely you know blows up his teammate who left his wallet right. on on the car. And then my question for him is, I mean, who's just giving their teammates their wallets? Like, yeah, that seems I, bizarre. Yeah, like I, I I don't know. I I don't think I've ever given anybody here my wallet, even though we're a place where people order food and maybe need people to buy stuff. But even that seemed crazy. And imagine being the teammate who left, you know, a multi-million dollar man's wallet on top of a car you don't know where it is, I would be terrified, especially considering they probably don't make as much money as uh, Matthew Judon. That feels like something, once it's lost, you're like, I'm never going to get this back. And yet, the AirTag saves him. It's on the side of a highway. I mean, there's just no way that you would ever used to be able to find a wallet on the side of the highway unless it was, it was specifically you know, had one of those tracking devices or, or an air tag in it. So I don't, 
I don't have that in my wallet. If my wallet fell off the top of a car, there's no way I'm finding it on the side of a highway. So that's pretty lucky for Judon. And yeah, unless he put it on top of a teammate's car and his teammate drove away and he forgot to grab it back. But that's a sinking feeling when you're like, oh, no, my wallet. You just had this, EJ, with your keys, right? Yep. The Uber the last <laughs> week, and you were talking about this on the PGP, and the Uber guy was cool enough to just come back and yeah. bring it back to you with, what, a $20 surcharge? Yes, $20 surcharge. I also gave him the $5 that was in my wallet, so hoping that he gets most of that surcharge plus the $5 I gave him. He was a very gracious man. But, yeah, I as someone who has also lost their wallet, not outside, but I, there's times where I can't find it in my own apartment or house, um, this was, like, the best commercial I've seen for an AirTag. Like, <laughs> I saw this, and I said, you know what? I really got to do it. And my, my parents have been telling me for years that you should get the tile because they know how much I lose my how many times I lose my wallet in my own home. So I saw this, and I was like, oh, this is, this is it. I, I got to do it now. This guy found it on the side of a highway. I mean, imagine, first of all, driving down. I wonder if anybody who was driving 60, 70 miles per hour on the highway looked over and said, that guy's kind of big to be just a random person walking down the <laughs> highway. I wonder how many people realized that that was Matthew Judon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great commercial for the AirTag. And that is your sound check. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, what's eating you? People that get in the left lane and drive the speed limit. I gotta trash the NFL, man. Trash my ex-girlfriend. You want me to trash that? Trash Tuesday. My favorite day of the week, not for nothing. Time to vent. We take it out like the trash. It's Trash Tuesday. That's right. We're taking out the trash today. So hit us up on Twitter with your trashes, at DA on CBS, or on the phone at 855-212-4CBS. 
E.J. Stewart is in today as the executive producer. And so E.J. leads us off. E.J., who are you trashing? I am trashing David Zasloff and HBO. I am a super fan of the show Winning Time. It is a fantastic show. It is a show on the Showtime Lakers. You have actors playing Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Pat Riley, Paul Westhead, Jerry West. It's funny. It's engaging. It's dramatic. It's all the things you would want out of this show. Of course, a great Jerry Buss in there as well. And after two seasons, HBO decided to cancel the series which to me, it just kind of is just a ripple effect of how David Zasloff's leadership at Warner Brothers Discovery has happened. Um, everything that has happened since he's come come through has been terrible. What's happened with the DC movies? I'm a huge superhero fan. Um, the Flash they pushed, and that movie was not that good. Blue Beetle they didn't promote at all, and it was great. Now in my life, when it comes to sports and TV watching, he's ruining that. When it comes to Winning Time being canceled. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you're doing a show that is a love letter to Lakers fans. And I'm not a Laker fan, but I'm an NBA fan. And you end the series with the Boston Celtics winning an NBA championship. Absolutely embarrassing. It's pathetic. And it's a real shame to a lot of people who did love this show. <laughs> so I'm trashing David Zasloff and HBO. Total right. wasteoid. What was your favorite character from the show? Adrian Brody's Pat Riley should be nominated oh, for Emmys. Okay. He's that good. He, I mean, it's it's like it's like watching the origin story of a character we all know. We all know Pat Riley. We all know the mythos. We all know what he's like. And to see Brody kind of bring Pat from this kind of like unsure of himself, depressed kind of uh, you know just kind of lost soul into this fiery, motivational. You know, one of the guys kind of, you know, you know, coach, it was absolutely a great journey to see him go through that. And it's a shame that it's cut short. Again, we only see uh, him become head coach for really only half a season, all because HBO decided to pull the ripcord uh, way too early. That's interesting. Now, that was based on the book by Jeff Perlman. Yes. And we've had Jeff on the show before talking about it. I never watched it. It's hard for me to watch sports films or content that's acted i love documentaries so much that it's hard for me to get into that but i wonder bogues did you get into showtime i did winning time uh i want to thank ej for spoiling the season finales i haven't seen yet <laughs> um but you would like it it's really really well done it My might sister be said the same thing she she watched it with her boyfriend and said you would love it yeah it's it's as good as a sports TV show movie that I can remember in terms of recreating the action, not going over the top. There's nothing cheesy. They don't need to embellish anything, which I'm, you know, the normal stuff they always do. But like sports movies oftentimes end up failing to me because they get over dramatic and unnecessarily this or that. This is just, it's basically a documentary without being a documentary. Great actors, and they all got screwed. HBO started it at a bad time. Nobody wanted it was around watching things late summer when this season began because of the strikes. Only Jeff Perlman could promote it. So he's been on Twitter begging people to watch it because they've known since like the beginning of the year that it was in danger of getting canceled so much so that apparently they filmed two different endings because they weren't sure as they were wrapping up production if they'd get a third season. So originally it was supposed to end with you like seeing magic after losing to the Celtics all fired up 
for the next season, both in the show and in real life. But they filmed the secondary one, which we saw, where everything ends. They lose and they do like a wrap-up scene. And apparently there's like a 13, um, like, pain like, here's what happens to all of these people at the end. They're just trying to tell you everything that that happens after season two because they can't show you. It definitely deserved more time. So I'm joining EJ on the trash with this Yeah. One. Imagine if, like, uh, the end of Coach Carter where you have, an, oh, this kid ended up being, you know, a doctor. This kid ended up playing Division three basketball. Like, they did yeah. that yeah. with the Lakers. Or, like, or seeing the, a, a Jordan TV show end with the, another loss to the Pistons and you never get to see them actually right. win a title or two or three or six. So they ended after the 84 season when they've lost to the Celtics right. in the NBA. Yeah, finals. the whole first season is of the show is just Magic's rookie season. And then this second season, they fast forward from the from what's like 80-81 to the 84 finals. I gotcha. It is interesting that you say it's very accurate because I saw some still shots of the filming of the All-Star game in 83 or 84, I guess. And I stopped on my Instagram feed and I was like, oh man, these are cool behind the scenes shots of the All-Star game in 84. And then I stopped and I was like, oh, this is winning time, like behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, yeah. wow, yeah. that's really accurate. I mean, they, in terms of aesthetic detail, it looked like they really went all out for that, which yeah. I appreciate. I mean, it's clearly obviously not the Great Western Forum and some of the other like away arenas are not the actual away arenas, but like there are uniforms that have like patches or like black armband like that that's how intricate they went that like the 82 Mavs had a thing on their on like on their chest for somebody dying or something like they really went all out to make sure it looked as close and I'm sure having not lived it neither did EJ maybe there are things that they are not perfect on but they did their as as in my knowledge the best they could do in really recreating all of this early 80s action it was really good interesting okay so, Bogues, is that your trash? Uh, it wasn't, but I want to second it. Uh, okay. EJ's, that's a good one. Okay. Trash. That's just human filth. So then you're going to pass here on another trash. Uh, I got a good one if you want me to throw it in there. Yeah, of course. So I got a trash, uh, the near, once again, being a victim to a near road rage incident yesterday. Oh. This is my second run-in with crazy drivers recently. I'm driving home from the train. And my path home involves me making a left at a fairly major intersection. Now, as I'm approaching the intersection, the light's green. I can tell that it's uh, not going to be right anytime soon. I see that traffic in the other direction is clearing. So I'm like, okay, good. I'm going to be able to make this left-hand turn. That's a rarity. Normally, I get there as the light's turning red. I got to sit there. I'm getting closer, getting closer. I see one car in the line turn, and then the next car doesn't. It just stays there. So I have to slow down and stop. And I give a little honk. The light is still green. There's no one coming. And the person in front of me like rocks a little bit in the car and then stops again. So my second honk is a little angry because I actually can see cars behind me like lining up behind me and we're not turning. Light turns red. Car in front of me, door swings open. And the guy steps out of the car. Ooh. And I'm like, great. So I'm giving him like the like a hand like, okay, whatever. My bi- I honk too loud. Sorry. And, I, and he goes, no, 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 I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I'm like, okay, great. Whoa. And he goes, you're not going to write the ticket for me for making an illegal turn. There's a camera behind you. I live right here. I'm like, yeah, I live here too. I know there's a camera. So you're not going to write my ticket. And I'm like, sir, you didn't have a red light. 
the light, the intersection, the light, you get a green arrow to begin your turn while the main light is red. And that green arrow means you're safe to go. And then it turns yellow, but there is no red arrow. Once it goes yellow, then it goes full green. And now you've got to wait for everyone to clear the intersection. And that's what we were doing. It was green. There was no one coming. He could turn. He didn't. And he swore that he was going to get a ticket for an illegal turn. So this guy doesn't know how traffic lights work and also doesn't realize how dangerous it is to stop at a green light because you're going to create an accident. Someone's going to plow into you. Someone's going to plow into me. So he thought I was a doof. He's the doof. He gets trashed. Get him out. Is Oscar the Grouch living in there? You got to be careful about this stuff, man. When people get out of their cars, yeah. you don't stop. You just drive away. You don't want to be caught in one of those things. I, 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 I was. I had nowhere to go. There was no nowhere to go. If he was, if he was truly angry, like wanted to, like had a bat or something, like a guy was stuck. And it's a sad commentary that he would announce himself that he wasn't going to fight, but he was a hundred percent wrong. A hundred percent wrong. And it bothered, it still has bothered me that I like that I looked like the jerk and I did nothing. I mean, maybe my second honk was too loud or too long, but he deserved it. He came to a dead stop at a green light. You can't do that. No, you can't. But that stuff terrifies me. When people want to get out of the car, I'm just like, I am out of here. I not that this happens to me often, but anytime like if there is an incident, I'm just get me out of here. I don't I don't want to deal with this. I don't know. Yeah, I had no escape route. Thank God he was um, a non-violent idiot. Yeah. Ryan Botcher is on the wheels of steel. Botcher, who are you trashing? Okay, so I fell down the rabbit hole of watching 2000s boomerang commercials yesterday. And I put out, has anyone seen the banana splits? I've heard that no, nobody on my friends list has heard of it or watched it. This is the show from the 70s? It was 68. I think it was two years. It was, okay. it was on boomerang. I saw the commercials. I don't know if I'm weird, but nobody has heard of it. And I feel like I'm insane. So I'm going to trash anyone who's never seen the banana splits in their lifetime. So frustrating. <laughs> okay. So explain to me what Boomerang is. I don't know. So Boomerang is just basically Cartoon Network mixed with Hanna-Barbera cartoons. And it was like oh. it was like the side. It was, it was Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, and then Boomerang with Cartoon Network. So you watch like shows like The Flintstones, The Jetsons, Scooby-Doo. Of course, you have the banana splits and shows like that. Of course. Of course, the banana. Okay, so so <laughs> Boomerang is uh, is an app now? Is that where, where you were watching this? No, no. I was just I was on YouTube just watching old commercials. But I think it's an actual channel still, yeah, it's Boomerang, still a channel. right? Yeah. So you're watching commercials of Boomerang or commercials of old TV shows on Boomerang? Commercials of old TV shows on Boomerang. So you're going to YouTube... There's commercials about old TV shows promoting that they're coming up on Boomerang. And one of those shows was the Banana Splits, yes. which is a kid's show, which is like a weird psychedelic puppet Muppet show from the late 60s. Yes. That and one was great. And, and, then... and you shared it and you were upset that nobody on your timeline had ever heard of the Banana Splits. Yes. But you had heard of it before this rabbit hole? A hundred percent. Okay. So it's like one of those things in the back of my mind where it's just there. Because you had seen it on Boomerang. Yes. I got you. Okay. So you grew up as a kid watching Boomerang. Yes, 100%. I mean, the Banana Spits are a classic. I mean, it's my mom's, one of my mom's favorites. So I had to watch it as a kid. And Really? Yes. And it's, it's, it is a little odd. I mean, it's basically a bunch of people in, 
you know, costumes running around in the amusement park. No, no, no. It's not a little weird. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, and there I mean, are a lot of drugs involved in the Hanna-Barbera, like, think tank to make come up with this look, show. you got people in animal costumes running around in the amusement park. If you're eight years old, nine years old, like, that, that's all you need. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, the, 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 the theme song, la, 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 I mean, that was the, the iconic banana, banana Splits theme song. I agree. Like, these kids need to be cultured. You don't know Banana Splits. What the hell is wrong with you? Wow. Okay. So, number one, I'm really proud of you guys because me and Pete fight this fight every single day on this show that our stuff that we love from the 70s and 80s, nobody knows about anymore. And I would have pegged both of you guys for never having heard of the Banana Splits because I don't think it's really that widely known. So I love that you guys are going to war over the Banana Splits. But also, is it really freaky? Every time I've ever seen one of those episodes, it's like shot very darkly. It's poorly lit. The costumes are kind of shaggy. It definitely feels like a mushroom dream. Yeah, it's definitely got some like weird Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, there was a horror movie vibes. <laughs> they made a movie yeah. about it. Like the like the they made like a horror movie with the the banana splits. They, they, well, the banana splits started a horror movie, or this was a knockoff start, of it was like kind a, of it was like, like a parody. Okay, but like it was like a horror movie, and you know? all these 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 animals are killing people. Out of all the things, Bogues, that I thought Botcher was going to trash today, not knowing a children's TV show from 1968 was not on my list. So credit Botcher. This guy is a wild card every single day. I love him. He's wearing a Sting t-shirt. I love Mm -hmm. Sting. He's trashing people that haven't heard of a kids TV show that aired for like one season back in 1968. The man is fighting the good fight these days. And I love that it's not just you should know about the banana splits. It was I was watching YouTube videos of commercials <laughs> about shows that were on Boomerang when I was a kid. That's like a nine-level callback to the banana splits. And I'm now in a weird, like, when EJ did the theme song, I've heard that before. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of the banana splits Actually, somewhat recently, but I've never seen them before as I hit play down in front of me on YouTube. It's another kid's show that should have come with a drug. It's unbelievable. Yeah. These people were high as kites coming up with these ideas to make shows. And kids, even or adults like Ryan Botcher, love them still. Yeah, that was a weird era of American entertainment and culture, like late 60s, early 70s, even if you just watch NFL film stuff from that era, movies of that era, TV shows of that era, things that are supposed to be family-friendly, kid-friendly, kid-centric, you're like, even commercials, again, shot darkly, poorly lit, shaky cameras, weird costumes, everything is kind of like the editing is really wild, the graphics are really psychedelic, everything... Just look at a game program from the late 60s for, like, the Super Bowl. Or something. Right. You're like, whoa, this feels like I'm totally tripping just looking at the graphic. So, yeah, that's a weird thing. So, nice. Botcher just going to war for something that was, like, 30 years before he was born. <laughs> Love it. Botcher, I don't even know how old you are. When were you born? Oh, one. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking about something that's a 30, 30 years before he was born. That's that's great. I, I you should talk to Pete the Body about Perfect Strangers. You guys will get get along really. Nah, well. that's that's not my era. 
That's well, too what? new. Banana too splits new. from the sixties <laughs> is not your is your era, but Alf isn't. Yeah, Alf is. Eh. Okay. He's got a hole in his resume from like eighty five to ninety five. Right. He missed that, but before right. that and after, he's all in. So I'm going to the grocery store the other day to pick up some football food of the week ingredients, and I wanted to make pulled pork nachos. So I was going to put some pulled pork, actually upside down Mike, tip me off to this, make some pulled pork in the crock pot, and then throw them on some nachos, and I wanted to put some peppers on top. And so I go to the pepper aisle, and I notice that you know, they got the bell peppers, and then they got the jalapeno peppers, and they have the serrano peppers, and they have the habanero peppers. And I'm like, okay, well, I want something a little spicy, but I don't want something like that's going to burn the roof of my mouth. So I'm looking and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where this scale is. They just have all these peppers. And I don't know if maybe your grocery stores have this, but why is it not the Scoville thing in front of the pepper aisle? And I don't get service in this grocery store, so I couldn't Google this. And I'm like... How would I know what the hottest pepper here is? And I've had to pull up the Scoville thing since to be like, did I get the right ones? You you would think, like, would you know habanero versus serrano versus jalapeno? You might think the jalapeno pepper is the hottest. It is not. It's one of the least hot ones. Yeah. The Hungarian happens to be hotter than jalapeno. I don't know. Everything that I see, jalapeno this, jalapeno that, you're like, oh, spicy. Serrano pepper is actually spicier than that. Okay. But then habanero is really spicy, like one of the spiciest. And I wouldn't have known that. So, I mean, I just think that they take this thing for granted. They got all these peppers, but I need to know what one's what. There's no label on peppers. So I need this chart in the grocery store. Trash it. Warm, sizzling garbage. Bogues, you knew this? So I think I knew that a jalapeno in the grand scheme of things wasn't that spicy and that a habanero definitely was spicier. I also feel like I read or saw or heard somewhere that it's not an exact science, but the smaller the pepper, the hotter it is. And a jalapeno is definitely bigger usually than a habanero. So like you're going in a in like a reverse order. If it's bigger, mm-hmm. it's less spicy. But you're probably right. If you're gonna have dangerous things on the counter, there should be a way for me to know exactly what danger I'm signing up for. Habanero versus jalapeno. If I if I just saw those two peppers, just raw peppers in a grocery store, I'd be like, I don't know the difference. I think that they're both spicy. I don't know which one's spicier. And it turns out of the Scoville scale, they're t- miles apart. Yeah, miles apart. See, this so is that this is where I watch too much Food Network because I feel okay, like you would I know this. I feel like, and, and look, I don't really cook, but me and my girlfriend we're obsessed with Food Network, so we watch all these competition shows. And for whatever reason, like the idea of like what peppers you should use and which ones are the hottest. Like I've seen episodes where they have to make their own hot sauce. So this might be one of those rare things where normally I go into a supermarket and sometimes I am confused as someone who doesn't cook. But that's one of the few things where I feel like I could have got my way around this particular issue you had. God bless. I was totally lost. <laughs> John yeah. and Yeah, go ahead. No, Bo. I just I knew the habanero was danger. The Serrano would have confused me. That one I didn't know where that one would have fit in. And there's a Hungarian. That's actually there was there's they had those two. That's hotter than a jalapeno. I could have yeah. never guessed that. John and PA says, I'm with Botcher. 
These boomerang commercial breaks were the greatest thing on cable TV growing up in the mid-2000s. So a toast to Botcher. DA Show Quotes says, I was thinking I've never heard of the Banana Splits TV show until EJ started humming the theme song and it all came rushing back. Thanks, Botcher. Hashtag trash me. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Na, 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 One banana, na, two banana, na, three banana, na, four. Na. I don't know the rest of the words, but that's the melody. <laughs> Jesse in Erie, PA, wants to know, is the t-shirt Botcher's wearing Sting as the uh, iconic wrestler or the smarmy singer? Smarmy. It would be the, the smarmy singer. There's also a legend. The Police is one of my favorite bands of all time, so I'm a huge Sting fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What you have to get from Deshaun Watson is special. Because you've paid him as such. Because once upon a time, he was exactly that. And Watson, two years away from the game, all of the -the off-the-field stuff that he endured and all of the the criticism that the Browns endured hangs with him every single day. And for that price, he better be special. And at no point last year did we see special Deshaun Watson. And in week one, despite the win, we didn't really see special Deshaun Watson. And last night, we certainly didn't see special Deshaun Watson. And that spotlight is going to get brighter. And that pressure is going to get more real. And that vest around him of expectations is going to get heavier. Because the injury to Nick Chubb last night was a gruesome one. And he is done for the season. Here's how it sounded last night. Browns first and goal at their own eight. Chubb gets the handoff up the middle. And he gets inside the five and wrestled down at the three-yard line. Demonte KZ with the hit. And he has the football. And the bad news is that Nick Chubb is down on the field. Horrible news for the Cleveland Browns as their Pro Bowl running back, Nick Chubb, has been carted off the field and up the tunnel after he took a helmet to the knee. Nick's got a very significant knee injury, which is, uh, you know, you feel for the the person. Um, He's a great football player, as we know. 
but he's an even better person. So we will support him uh, every step along the way. That's it's our brother. That's my brother. And uh, I've been together for a long time. And I mean, it's a blow for the whole team. And we don't want his injury to be in, in vain. You know, we got to push on. You know, that's what he wants us to do. And if he had any choice in the matter, that's what he would do. So we just got to continue to uh, uh, fight and use his motivation. You heard Kevin Stefanski in there after the Chubb injury. Who was that voice at the tail end of that montage, guys? It was Miles Garrett. That was Miles Garrett. Then the call was Chris Rose, you said? Yes, Chris Rose. On what network was Chris uh, Browns. Rose calling? Browns Radio? Yes. Okay. This portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now. Get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. It's really disheartening. Can you say? Nick Chubb is seen as one of the good guys around the league. He's obviously an elite running back. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He's run for more than 1,000 yards the last four seasons. He's in his prime, 27 years old. He'll be 28 coming up in December. And he was supposed to be the bell cow this year for the Browns, as he has been the last couple of seasons. And it is all torn away from him in week number two and the Browns. And there's no way he's coming back from that injury. That's a torn ACL, MCL, PCL, all of the three. We'll see. No MRI yet. But Stefanski said he's done for the season after the game. And that much was clear when you saw the way that his knee bent the wrong way. So gruesome that ABC did not even replay the the play itself and when it was shown inside the stadium you could hear the groans from the Steelers fans that's how ugly that it was from a football standpoint look I'm I'm going to talk real here because I know that it's it's not it's not going to make you feel good so nobody's going to want to say today but there is a a real concern that that's it for Nick Chubb's career This is a guy that tore up all of those ligaments in his knee back in 2015, and now it's the same knee. And if you saw the way that his foot planted and his knee bent, there's something that got shredded in there. And he's going to be 28 years old next season, and who knows if you can recover with any type of efficiency, any type of productivity as a running back at 28 or 29 years old after the same knee gets gnarled for the second time in eight years he first tore it up in 2015 in college and now it's 2023 and that's that's devastating because you just don't want to see a young man's career taken like that and you know Chubb is some of the one of the best guys in the NFL just from a personality work ethic leadership all of that stuff he just scores a 10 on everybody loves him so that's just a total bummer the football part of this is hard the emotional part of it is hard for the locker room of the Browns the football part of it is hard because you know hello McFly Deshaun Watson it's time for you to wake up and I think it was understandable last year when he was not himself or the Deshaun Watson that we saw back in Houston. He had taken a lot of time off due to injury and then the hold down in Houston, and he was coming back at 27 years old. So, you know, there was there was trust from the Browns and many others 
when he when he finally gets back on the field, it'll be fine. And then there was, well, he needs some time in the offense and he'll be fine. And then it was, he needs to just knock off some of the rust and he'll be fine. And now we've had him a year plus inside that organization. He's had a full off season of work. He understands the offense. He understands the the things that he needs to do, his responsibilities. And now it's at his feet. Dude, you got to finally do it. Now, Ford last night, Jerome Ford ran very well in the absence of Nick Chubb. So they might be able to lean again on the run game, even despite the injury to him, to Chubb. But there's going to have to be a wake-up of Deshaun Watson. Watson got two 15-yarders last night for grabbing the face mask of a defender. When have you ever seen a quarterback take two 15-yarders? And I don't know about you, but as I watch Deshaun Watson, he looks very mechanical to me. He looks like a guy who is just, he's not playing, he's thinking, and he's robotic and mechanical, and it's just, it's not creating big plays or any fluidity with the quarterback position. And he needs to wake up, because you don't pay a guy $250 million guaranteed and trade away three ones for this. Which is, what is Deshaun Watson right now? Where is he in the pantheon of quarterbacks? He's not in the top 10. You know, in terms of just not potential, just sheer productivity and efficiency right now. Middle of the road, 15, 16. He has the best contract in the NFL for a quarterback. They traded away three ones for this guy. Deshaun Watson has to be great, not good. He has to be great. And now we see with the Chubb injury whether he can be great or whether he's kind of a fraud. That what he was in Houston was maybe a guy who freelanced a lot. Certainly what he was at Clemson was a great quarterback and a winner. Then he got to Houston and they were good, never great, but maybe he shined amongst a lot of mediocrity around there. Maybe there was a lot of freelancing. Maybe he was using his physical attributes and not really you know, understanding the position as, as well as he could. But then he takes a couple of years off, and I don't know if it's his confidence is shot. He feels like he's an enemy now, a villain. Maybe he just he's having a tough time getting back the thing. That, that confidence, that vigor, that verve, whatever that is, that thing that great quarterbacks have, he's having a tough time finding it again. And I don't know if he's going to, but last night was another one where you're just waiting for Deshaun Watson to do something like Deshaun Watson, and he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't pull it off. He just couldn't do it. Now, we're still stunned. Woo-hoo! It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. It's day two of this F-35 saga in the South Carolina area. And I've got to make a correction from yesterday. I 
as I read the story, I thought that the plane crashed after the pilot ejected, but apparently it flew by itself for a while. It yeah, was like it on, was missing, right? We didn't but know what I, happened. After. But I thought it would crash and they couldn't find the wreckage, which ends up being the case, but it it stayed in the air for a while by itself on autopilot and they didn't know where it was going, where it was headed. But after all of this, I mean, a day of jokes and memes and whatever, just crushing this. The Army has found the debris, not where they thought it would be. They have closed off the areas they do uh, the pickup work, basically the cleanup work. But we're also now in a two-day complete shutdown, apparently, of like Army, Navy, Air Force, like nothing that's in a U.S. military plane, helicopter will be in the air because this is the third significant issue in recent weeks with some part of our uh, our setup, our system. So they're trying to figure out what's going on, how to fix it, how to prevent it. But I guess at least after <laughs> way too long, they have found the missing fighter jet. So... There was a guy on some type of practice mission or something that was flying this. Two two pilots. So the they, the one has a problem. The guy ejects, and the other pilot goes back to base. Is the story doesn't trail the 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 autopiloted plane to go? Okay, it's I'm I'm behind it. We're getting close to DC. He goes back to base, and so the one guy ejects, and that F thirty five that he's in keeps flying which these these planes i mean they they are the height of technology they can fly themselves they can do a million things without a human being in there i mean they're i'm sure they are controllable by somebody on the ground admission controller what have you which is why the fact that it was missing is insane because these this this piece of machinery and technology is as a smart machine and it can fly itself and, and do missions itself, and yet they couldn't find it. And so that's what's hysterical. But apparently it crashed, and they just it was in the middle of nowhere, so they didn't see the debris field until the next day. Yes, and something, uh, the transponder, they say, broke. And on top of its stealth capabilities, that's why they couldn't track it. That's why they couldn't find it. <laughs> we can't see a giant plane, a jet in the sky. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I was saying yesterday too. Like, it's remarkable that there is open space where a jet can come down and nobody heard it, nobody saw it, nobody saw smoke or a boom or nothing. And apparently, these incidents, there, there's basically two point five million dollars or more worth of damages, and we've had now, as Bogus mentioned, three of these of late. So I don't know. I feel like somebody, somebody's got to get a demotion. Somebody's got to get. Did it. you say two point five million bucks? I mean, these planes yeah. are worth way more than two. No, yeah, that's the damages. Bucks. That's at least two point five million. But this it, one exploded. Yeah, it, it could be. It just... could be way more than that. Oh yeah. So we've had three of these in the last six weeks. Yeah. So uh, what EJ's referencing is the official classification of the incident is a class A mishap because damages are expected to exceed two point five million dollars, gotcha. or someone is hurt or dies in the crash yeah so the only thing i'm worried about is that my alien theory doesn't hold up i mean what shot it what knocked it down what if it didn't crash on its okay. own all right so you're still supporting my alien theory. no i'm just giving oh. you reason to still be crazy no one knows what analytics is they think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math which i don't know maybe that's what it is <laughs> It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. So, Phil Mickelson posted a 
mea culpa or something, saying that he's not going to be betting or playing fantasy football this year because it took too much time away from his family. And we thought it was curious that he included fantasy football in that. So the question becomes, have you ever neglected your family just to play fantasy football? 65% of you said no, which is more shocking that 35% of you said yes neglected the family for fantasy football how long does it take to make out your lineup now data tells us that fantasy gridiron football was created by bill winkenbach former part owner of the raiders back in 1962 the first fantasy football league was a group of friends in a new york city hotel they called themselves the greater Oakland Professional Pigskin Prognosticators League. Is that so? Last year, over 62 million people joined and participated in fantasy sports across the U.S. and Canada. 79% of those played fantasy football. A consulting firm tried to determine how many companies are losing productivity due to workers chinkering with fantasy lineups on the job. The firm estimates about $13 billion annually is lost by companies across the country. That sounds about right. All right. It's a Trash Tuesday, and so the trash is coming in. Matt tweets, I'm trashing announcers who say the first pick in regards to any first round pick. I heard Joey Porter Jr. referred to as the number one pick because the Steelers didn't have a first round player. It drives me nuts. Hashtag stinky debris. That's just offensive. Kyle tweets him trashing the hashtag toast em drop on Thursdays. It's Booskies, 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 DA. Trash it. That will contribute to the microplastics in the bottom of the ocean. Barbecue Hams is trashing Matt Canada in his offense every week until he gets fired. Hashtag beta. Hashtag trash him. That's just human filth. Adriana tweets, I hate to do it, but I got to trash DK Metcalf. Dude needs to grow up and stop causing issues on the field. Control your temper and trash talk. It's hurting the team. Trash them. It's the landfill. Overnights in El Paso. And Mariana was kind enough, or Adriana rather, was kind enough to send me a nice DM about AJ not long ago. And I responded, and I still haven't heard from her. So Adriana, respond to my DM. Matt tweets, happy. Oh, no, that was also we just already read. Sorry about that. Uh, All right, let's get to your epic fail of the morning. I'll get to more trashes here. And our epic fail of the morning comes to us from Ryan Botcher, one of the Diaper D aliens who's on the board today in for Pete the Body for his third week of paternity leave. This is the last week that Pete will be off. And Botcher took a sledgehammer. To those that don't know about the classic kid show from the 60s, The Banana Splits, here it is, your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. So I fell down the rabbit hole of watching 2000s Boomerang commercials yesterday. And I put out, has anyone seen The Banana Splits? How old are you again? Nobody on my friends list has heard of it. Or watched it. This is the show from the 70s? It was 68. I think it was two years. We do not care. Oh my God. Corny. Lame. Boo. I don't know if I'm weird, but nobody's heard of it. And I feel like I'm insane. So I'm going to trash anyone who's never seen the banana splits in their lifetime. What do you care? So you're watching commercials of Boomerang or commercials of old TV shows on Boomerang? Commercials of old TV shows on Boomerang. What? So you're going to YouTube. 
there's commercials about old TV shows promoting that they're coming up on Boomerang. And one of those shows was the Banana Splits, yes. which is a kid's show, which is like a weird psychedelic puppet Muppet show from the late 60s. Yes. Yes. That and one was great. And, and, then, and you shared it, and you were upset that nobody on your timeline had ever heard of the Banana Splits. Yes. Come on, man. Okay, so you grew up as a kid watching Boomerang. Yes, 100%. I mean, the Banana Splits are a classic. I mean, it's my mom's, one of my mom's favorites, so I had to watch it as a kid. And really? Yes, and it's, it's, it is a little odd. I mean, it's basically a bunch of people in... You know, costumes running around in the amusement park. High-waisted weirdo. No, no, no. It's not a little weird. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, and there I mean, are a lot of drugs involved in the Hanna-Barbera, like, think tank to make come up with this look, show. you got people in animal costumes running around in the amusement park. If you're eight years old, nine years old, like, that, that's all you need. The theme song, la, 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 Shut that soft ass up. That was the, the banana, iconic banana, banana Splits theme song. I agree. Like, these kids need to be cultured. You don't know Banana Splits. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm really proud of you guys because me and Pete fight this fight every single day on this show. I am not a shy guy. That our stuff that we love from the 70s and 80s, nobody knows about anymore. And I would have pegged both of you guys for never having heard of the Banana Splits because... I don't think it's really that widely known, so I love that you guys are going to war over the banana splits. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Robin Topeka tweets from trashing the residents of South Carolina who found the missing F-35 and are currently converting it to moonshine still. Warning, hazardous material. Cigar-smoking dude, DA, I'm trashing Brandon Staley. He just sucks as a head coach. Trash him. Overflowing landfill. Nick at the beach says Bogus was wondering about the probability of the F-35 crash and no one was there to hear it. I'm familiar with the area that it crashed. There's not much there but swamp and farmland. It's possible it went down without witness. Stinky debris. I don't know if that was a trash, but the hidden pickle is trashing my four-year-old son. He just started going to preschool like four months ago. Now I'm sick every other week from the germs of these snot-nosed little kids. Hashtag garbage. Are those maggots? The hidden pickle is trashing my son's previous college as it keeps sending me fundraising letters a year after he left school. Trash him. Oh, break out the hazmat suit. Isn't it amazing when you spend as much as you do now on college? I mean, tens of thousands of dollars a year at minimum. And then after you've taken out a loan of $100,000, $200,000, some God-forsaken amount of money that the school then sends you a letter for donations? Can you believe that this is the way that this thing works? Higher ed works with you spend money for the service, and then after the service is done, you were expected to then just donate more money. I mean, imagine going to get your muffler fixed, and then every month after that, Meineke kept saying, it was really great, wasn't it? Want to just send us money? No, but it was like the time of your life, right? We're going to have a muffler alumni event. Don't you want to come? And you could definitely check that box for an extra 100 bucks, can't you? It'd be one thing if college was cheap, 
but you can't walk out of college with a hundred K in loans and then hit these people up for more money. And so, by the way, somebody get to my mentions and the people in there that keep telling me that there's more Monday night football games because of the writer's strike that they're, they're not connected. They're just moving the existing ESPN Monday night games to ABC because ABC doesn't have content because of the writer's strike. They're not putting more football games on Monday night. All right, thanks to EJ Stewart, executive producer, Ryan Botcher on the Wheels of Steel, Andrew Bogish on Headlines, and Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. We'll see you tomorrow. The Mothership Disconnects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.